The Last Word with Matt Cooper. It's time to go to the United States to Marion McKeown and Carl Thomas. And Marion, tell us about the latest Donald Trump appearance in a court today. Yeah, this I think we touched on this last week, Matt, and this was so interesting. First of all, you know, I remember talking to one of Donald Trump's former uh, staffers and he said he would always complain, I can't get good lawyers. My lawyers are so stupid. Well, I'm inclined to agree with Donald Trump on this because his lawyer today made the most abysmal appearance, I thought, uh, in in the suggestions. He basically seemed to say to the court uh, when asked, look, the only way Donald Trump could be prosecuted for anything, including ordering an assassination, is if he's impeached and if he is uh, basically goes to trial and impeachment and two-thirds of the Senate finds him guilty. Now, we all know impeachment's a political tool, so that's a nonsense in itself. But even to suggest that just seemed absurd. One of the things I was interested in, Matt, which I spoke to you about last week, I think, is whether or not this case has any business being appealed at this juncture in the first place. And that was something when I was flicking through the transcript there that that I think the judges are really looking at, whether or not they shouldn't just send this straight back to Tanya Chutkin. Okay, sorry, I just want to clarify, Marion. This is Trump claiming immunity from criminal charges related to his effort to subvert the results of the 2020 election. And he is contending that he could not be prosecuted even if it was for assassinating a rival or selling military secrets if he wasn't first impeached and convicted by Congress. Exactly. Now, where this is coming from, this the issue of presidential immunity, whether a president is immune from prosecution for crimes committed while he was president, has never actually been tested before the Supreme Court. So Tanya Chutkin, who is handling the, the, the criminal case, the federal criminal case in D.C., which stemmed from the, his actions around January 6th, uh, was was presented with this. He said, you can't, you can't do this trial. I'm immune. I was the president. And she said, nonsense. And he said, well, I'm appealing this. Now, normally, if you're in a criminal case and you go before a judge and say you think a warrant was improperly obtained, a trial judge, and you say that evidence shouldn't have been introduced, she'll go, well, I think it should. So tough look, take it up on appeal once the verdict comes in. And that's really what the court is looking at, whether that's what should be happening here. Should Trump be able to disrupt the, you know, a, a legal trial, which is scheduled to start on um, March 4th okay. with this frankly nonsense claim that he's immune or whether or not he should just take his chances after the, the well, case. Well, Cal Thomas, let me bring you in and a happy new year to you, Cal. Great to have you back with us Thank for the you, new man. year. Thank I believe Trump then held an impromptu press conference this afternoon claiming, which is becoming a common line, that this is Joe Biden's politicisation of the legal system against him. But can Donald Trump really be immune from the court system? Well, that's never been uh, adjudicated at the uh, Supreme Court level. We're about to be found out. But just uh, from a moral state of, uh, of standpoint, I, I think not. It was interesting to me that one of the judges on the appeal court uh, expressed great skepticism, and she was appointed by George H.W. Bush, a Republican. Uh, this is all novel territory. Let's not forget that Trump once said he could walk down Fifth Avenue in New York and shoot somebody, and uh, his supporters would still not abandon him. I think people are getting tired of hearing that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't have any evidence of it yet, but I think that, uh, you know, with all this Jeffrey Epstein business and the alleged tapes that show him on the island, but no, uh, no uh, allegation of criminal activity. However, one of the women there says that uh, Trump did have sex with one of the underage girls, and there are tapes, and they're somewhere in Europe, Now, we don't know about any of that, but, you know, 
can't we actually solve our problems, the national debt and the border and so many other things in this country? This is going to be one of the filthiest, if not the filthiest, election campaigns in American history. And it's very, very depressing to me. Okay, but let's leave the Epstein stuff aside because there is no way at this stage of knowing whether that's true or not. Let's deal with what we know and that we saw in front of our own eyes about Donald Trump's incitement of the rioters on the 6th of January who tried to overturn the democratic outcome of the presidential election. Now, seriously, is it not a major issue for America rather than something that is obvious in front of everybody to make a decision on rather than seeing what the courts will decide as to whether somebody who tried to subvert democracy is actually suitable to run for president this year, Cal? I completely agree with you, Matt, and I think that uh, uh, it was an obvious attempt to overturn the election. Look what he said about Mike Pence. There were demonstrators with uh, uh, nooses there, ropes uh, saying, hang Mike Pence, uh, and he deliberately tried, not only through Pence, but also uh, through individual states to get uh, different electors elected so they would vote for him. Uh, I, this is why I'm totally opposed to his nomination, much less uh, re-election. But uh, again, these things have not been properly adjudicated. They are now. Hopefully the Supreme Court will take it on before the election and render a decision that is just and right and can be accepted by increasing number of American voters. You see, and before I go back to Marion, you say properly adjudicated in the courts. Surely there should be enough cop on within the voters of the Republican Party to see that he is not fit for purpose. Well, what I'm saying in my column today, and this has never been tried either, if Trump gets the nomination, I would hope that the delegates of the Republican convention, and for that matter, the Democratic convention, would say, look, we're not going to go repeat this election cycle from last time. We're going to nominate somebody younger, more credible, who is more popular. Biden's numbers are in decline, especially among African-Americans and women. Uh, Trump is a a, a pathetic individual. Who's going to work for him, Matt? Who? Who would would restrain him from his excessive tendencies? I think this is a terrible choice, and the polls show that Republicans and Democrats don't want either one of these guys. Who will intervene? Who will stop us from this political suicide? There's going to be lots of grifters who will be happy to work for him, I suspect. But tell us, Marion, about Joe Biden finally finally, it seems, rousing himself to try and point out the unsuitability of Trump for a return to office. Yeah, you know, I thought he gave a very strong speech yesterday in South Carolina in the church, of course, where where the nine worshippers were killed by a white supremacist uh, back when uh, Barack Obama was president. Uh, but I don't know if it's enough. Look, I, you know, I agree with everything you said, Cal. My God, we agree all the time now. It's, it's bizarre. You're coming my uh, but, way. You're coming but, my way. I think it's the other way. I sense traffic going in the other direction. Uh, But look, the fact is the national polls show that 61% of Republicans support Donald Trump over the other three or four candidates who are still in the race. In Iowa, he's at around 51%, not doing so well in New Hampshire. I would love to see what Cal suggests happening with with the uh, delegates. But there would be a riot. There would be violence if that happened. If the Trump supporters um, went to the convention and Trump was denied having won the 
the primaries. I, I don't see how that could stand. But I just want to pick up on one thing, Matt, and then we'll get back to Biden. Uh, there are two cases here, and I think it's important we remember that. The case that's going on in D.C. at the moment isn't to decide whether Trump can run or not. It's to decide whether there is presidential immunity and whether the criminal trials can proceed. Uh, the second case that the court will be hearing is about whether Trump's name should even be on the ballot. So they are two separate cases. Now, back to Biden. Yeah, there's a lot of frustration within the Democratic Party. They feel he's been badly advised. They feel his campaign isn't on it at all. But Biden, I understand, has been resisting getting into the fray too early and believes that when he when it comes down to a choice between him and Trump, as it did in 2020, that he will prevail. But he's not factoring into that, that about you know, at least half of the Republicans who've been polled more over the last year believe that Trump won the 2020 election. Uh, so they're much more motivated to come out this time, possibly. Uh, so I think that he needs to do more than just make the distinction between him and Biden. I think he also needs to to talk about the economy in a different way because he keeps saying, yeah, the, you know, the numbers are fine, so stop whining everyone. This is the subtext. But in fact, a lot of people are being hit very, very hard by mortgage rates, by car loan rates, by credit card rates and it tends to be the poorer people in America who are feeling the pinch there. So I don't think he's really addressing that. But I think what does happen is uh, with an incumbent president when everybody is going out on the stump you know, uh, because all of the, you know, 30 senators are up for grabs as well and also all of Congress. So all of those Democrats will be going to the local people and saying, look at the difference here. Look what we're doing with drugs. Look what we're doing. But his big thing that he has to deal with is the border because Trump is going to beat that like a drum between now and November, and that is a winning issue for the Republicans, and they really sense blood in the water there. Okay, what about the Iowa caucus next Monday, I think, isn't it, uh, Cal? How much damage could Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis do to the Trump machine? And how important is winning Iowa? Because I think actually of the last six Republican nominees, only two of them actually won Iowa. Right. Well, it's what uh, George H.W. Bush once called the big mo, the momentum going in New Hampshire and then South Carolina. The latest polls out today show that Haley is gaining on Trump and putting some distance between herself and uh, DeSantis. I watched the uh, Fox Town Hall last night where she was on for an hour answering questions, not only from the anchors, but also uh, from the audience. I thought she was incredibly well polished. Uh, she looked great. She sounded great. She's very smart. And I don't know if you know this or not. Do you get Judge Judy over there in Ireland? Oh, we get do. Those, uh, just, yeah, Judge Judy just endorsed her for president. So that does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. How much importance should we put on the Iowa caucuses next week, uh, Marion? Well, um, I'm heading back up there this week and I've been up there quite a bit already this year uh, I I think it's as Cal says look Ted Cruz won it last time Trump came second but there is a thing about momentum and because there are so many questions around Trump and because Haley is exactly as Cal said gaining on him in New Hampshire you know she's doing really well there I think that it could be important ish but I don't think that if Trump loses in um, Iowa which I don't believe he will because every I spoke to almost in Iowa is really in the tank for him there there are a lot of MAGA Republicans. They believe the election was stolen. Uh, so I think he's polling at around 51% at the moment. If that comes through, he will get a comfortable win. And then he'll go into New Hampshire with that, where he's got a bigger battle on his hands. OK. And tell us, actually, Marion, can you explain what a swatting call is? 
Yeah, this is a really sincere new development and it's it's not it's happened to both Republicans and Democrats, but most recently and the most chilling example I think is on Christmas Day, Jack Smith is a special counsel who's bringing the election case in, against Trump, the criminal federal trial in Washington DC. Now, on Christmas Day, there was a call made saying he had shot his wife dead in their home and that to get a, an emerg- a, you know, a police re- emergency response out there. So if you get a call like that, like a SWAT team will go out and, you know, things can happen. There can be mistakes. People can get killed. And it's happened a number of times where police are called to domestic disturbances. Uh, it, it was intercepted then by the marshals who are guarding him 24 hours a day because his life has been threatened so often. Uh, so they said, no, this is nonsense. Nothing happened in the home. The same thing happened to Tanya Chutkin uh, the day before yesterday, where an emergency response was sent out to her home. Uh, it also happened earlier last year to Marjorie Taylor Greene and to Rick Perry, I think it was a, a Republican senator, where people put in these emergency calls, say there was a shooting at the home, get there, get there, and it's reckless, it's okay. a waste of resources, Cal, and it's very dangerous. Is your country gone completely mad? Uh, well, I think we went there some time ago, but I'd like to know, uh, you know, there are a lot of dirty tricks in campaigns, and I think they're going to be more in this campaign than there were during the Nixon campaigns. Uh, most of these calls that they're made from landlines can be traced. Uh, if they're made from mobile phones, sometimes they can be traced. Let's find out if these calls were traced and who they were. Were they political operatives or were they serious about their threat? And let me just say finally, Matt, before you take the break, I think there's only one solution to the problem in, the, in America, and that's if Mary and I run for president and vice president. Problem is, I don't think she'd accept president. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's actually eligible. That's the problem. You are, Cal, but you drew yourself out, a- out on age grounds, given what you said about Biden and Trump previously. Thank you yeah, very much, I'm, Cal Thomas. Okay. <laughs> Cal Thomas and Mary McKeown. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4 30. Today, I-